hello. Hey, everybody. Um, hello. Hello. Hi. Welcome to uh, Divine and Conqueror's Reroll Podcast. Um, oh, that's my phone that has volume. Apologies. There you go. Oh, my it's, goodness. It can't be a DNC uh, stream without there being some audio thing happening in the One background. One day we're making a shirt that says that <laughs> for us. <laughs> It's just for us ten, us fourteen. Um, but yeah, hi guys. Uh, uh, this is where we discuss things that tend to be related to uh, role playing and Dungeons and Dragons and all that jazz. Uh, tonight's discussion is going to be about patrons. Uh, your role playing your warlocks, clerics, and paladins, um, and that sort of thing. So, uh, but before we jump to the subject, as per juge, um does uh. Do any of the players and or GMs here have any questions for the rest of the cast? Oh wait, I always forget to do this. Uh, we have, because we don't have cameras, so we oh have a God. we have a Jesus. That's me. We have a Vic. That's uh, that's. I'm sh- in the walls. There we go. They're in the walls. We have a Dicky. Hey. And then we have a Tabby. You don't have to yep. speak Tabitha if you don't want to. I guess that's fine. She's silently uh, speaking in tongues right now. Oh, great. This is a perfect head, podcast for you. Head craned at a 90 degree angle to the ceiling as uh, I only see the whites of her eyes and she's communing with something. I don't know. Perfect. Love it. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, all right. So, uh, hey, guys. Um, do you guys have any uh, points of discussion for last week's game? Congratulations on getting Reefer back. Congrats. That's that's true. That was a uh... I've I my my comment on that is holy shit. We had a plan. We came in. We certainly did not stick to it, but by god, we pulled something off. We survived we had this. A, we had a plan. <laughs> yes. Well, well we, let, we, we I think said, let, okay, let me we clarify this. I think people had plans that they did not discuss amongst the players. Exactly. So we individually had plans, but we I, did not have a full plan. I was still <laughs> formulating it while we were in the middle of everything. I, I think Orc Death <laughs> is kind of a let's see what happens guy. Basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, let's not poke the giant now? eyeball thing. Now? Now? But can, it has a giant now? eyeball. You have to poke it. It's right true. It, it is true. Right uh, there, I, I had to look up, like, can beholders be blinded? They're not immune to blindness. All right, this I can mean, work. They got one giant eyeball. They do got one giant eyeball. This will uh, work. Yeah, but the problem, the problem is the one that you had didn't have an eyeball. Uh, yeah, yeah. We didn't think that through, but uh, no. as I'm reading through chat right now, uh, we are being told uh, you came in, you had a plan, and collectively pulled it out your ass. That's, that's true. Technically. That's true. A proctologist's dream. I, uh, <laughs> I, I was kind of scared at a moment there. If you guys did not put two people away, essentially, We're yes, because if you guys, uh, if Braum was not put into the bag of holding, and technically, uh, the statue, because you can use it as a statue of, um, of Carabel. Because it's still a construct. Uh, if you guys didn't do that, I would have to have rolled, I believe, a D10 to determine who would have been stuck in that plane as the rest of you guys teleported. Because as soon as he, uh, as soon as Ariel like opened up the the spear, the spell is casted. It cannot be undone. And in the next six seconds, that's it. 
Okay, so uh, what you're saying is, uh, shout out to Jeremiah for being the smartest boy in the game. Yeah. And, he did uh, both of those things. I, uh, I... Throwing out, like, ideas, like, left and right. I could just imagine Rog and Cole being like, do this, do this, no way. Ragnar and Cole collectively hold the single singular brain cell of the party. <laughs> Just passing cut around. Ariel thinks he's holding it, but what happened was that Cole handed him a rock and said this was the brain cell, so Ariel's holding on to it, believing he has the brain cell. <laughs> That's funny. I like that. <laughs> I, uh, I, I am very excited of what's happening. Oh, uh, I'm so the... excited for next game. I'm, I have so many questions, and I, I'm running through like a million things about what Wes could do in the next five seconds, and one of them is book it into the woods. Uh, I mean, sure. It's not like where he's at right now. Uh, I would ask for you to please find the woods first. Okay. I'm going to just close my eyes, spin in a circle, and run that direction. Honestly. <laughs> right off a cliff. <laughs> the entirety of right now is the idea that we're in... Granted, yes, it looks like a battlefield. Uh, it's Stormlord territory. To Therefore, it is bad, according to West. It is Stormlord territory, and there's a whole bunch of stor dead Stormlords, except for one... Large man who uh, has a very thick beard. And Goliaths don't tend to have beards. And has oh, a, no, they don't, man. It's a very specific dwarven belt. Yeah, man. And, what's uh, up with that? Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> we'll just... It's like, oh my god, sun lays in the, on the grass. I can imagine Cole... Like yeah, I can imagine Cole rolling in the grass like a cat that's being let outside that's, for the first time. I, yeah, that makes sense to me. Of course, me. everybody tells me, Cole, don't do that. There's a bunch of dead bodies. Cole, no, there's corpses out there. I don't care. I'm going to roll on the grass because it's sunny. Yeah, I uh, I do you want you guys to note that I described it as there's Goliaths littered everywhere. Yes. Which is interesting. That is very interesting. Because uh, they're storm lords and they tend not to fall easy. Yeah, they are very difficult bastards yeah. unless Last is in the field. Uh, uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Look, the last time we were fighting Stormlords. Oy. Yeah, that was, yeah. A, that was an interesting uh, situation. That was a very interesting situation that probably does not play into anything happening in our current predicament. Not one bit. Not one bit. Hey, Tabitha, uh, how did you how did you feel uh, blasting a hole through your uh, abusive X in Horde of the Dragon Queen? Oh yeah, that was fun. Invigorating. <laughs> Granted. Yes. In Sacred World, I also crit on a guiding. Yes, you did. Cr I crit on a guiding okay. bolt on Monday. This week was the critting guiding. week. I know, oh my god, Jeremiah's double crit. I can't believe that. Jeremiah's well, double crit. Tabitha's crit in both games on the I'm, Sunday game. We had a, a lot of natural 20s. My god. It, it's that's just... It's so, so wild. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and my, my, uh, my conclusion that I am drawing here is that Tabitha should not be allowed to play a cleric because she's absolutely dangerous as a cleric. <laughs> hey, man. Hey. If it Jonathan? ain't fixed, don't break it. Jamba's a. If it ain't fixed, don't broke it. Break up. I mean, so hey. It, it evens out in play. So, what's Cole's weakness? Water. <laughs> his goddamn strength. Don't, uh, don't little... have him roll anything. Yeah, he's pretty. Strength. He's pretty dinky Jesus for a. Uh, he's he's pretty. Hey, Cole. Yeah, he's Call pretty. 
right? He, he's pretty dinky for a for a cleric. Huh? He's pretty dinky for a cleric. Clerics usually have a, like a little bit of strength to them. Yeah. He's, a, he's usually. A nerd, I will say so usually. That's why he doesn't have strength. Oh, that's right. You're you're the you're the book smart nerd. You're the yes. book smart cleric. You uh, have the manual on how to be a cleric 101. <laughs> I uh. Yeah, uh, sorry. <laughs> that's, that's, that's good. So, um, uh, yeah, I, um, I'm excited to see what the next arc takes us because it's, uh, it's going to focus on different characters now. Um, I'm and... excited to see where, um, uh, how you guys are going to finish off the, this Horde of the Dragon Queen, uh, so, um, campaign. You guys yeah. are almost there. It feels like we're close, and then Grayson dis- disappears. <laughs> it's like, Great! We're at the end. The big baddie is right there. Oh wait, your player uh, disappeared. Yep. <sighs> side quest. That, here we go. Was, side quest. That's <laughs> a minor detour. You're it's, in the. You're still in the castle. It's fine. It's fine. We're only like three hundred feet up in the air. Yeah, in no, a right. cloud giant's castle with a white dragon somewhere around, surrounded hey, by you cultists. Seen, you have not seen neither the white dragon nor the cloud giants so uh, i think there's, you guys are doing pretty great there's somewhere <laughs> all around yeah you can't miss them if you saw them there's cloud the cloud giants aren't my concern it's the red concern. Huh, did i say there were red wizards on this castle from what we heard from uh, <laughs> uh, yeah the chanting's uh, kind of uh someone jamna well, I would say from your uh, perusing through a specific tower. Yeah. Over there. Which, remember, we have a strategy for that tower. Fox is very clear. If you need a poop, poop here. Yes. Poop on the wizard's book. <laughs> they won't be able to use it. <laughs> I think it's, it's a, a flawless strategy. strategy. I don't that's see a anything. Very... That's a very flawless strategy. Uh, you, you might be onto something, Fox. I, uh, Fox is a clever man. Did, did did Fox come up with that one, or did Spud come up with that plan? Fox spoke up because Spud was thinking about it. Okay, Spud was thinking it, but like Fox said it first. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, they're, they're they're both on the same wavelength. Yes. Except, uh, no, no, they're both on the same wavelength. Oh, for just, sure. For just sure. one's really vocal and rude, and the other one's very polite and sticks to himself. Yeah, um, yeah. I uh, I can just imagine just Fox just walking in. There's a great worm, just like, hey, stop being a bad person. <laughs> and then, in his mind, done. <laughs> the 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 mission is complete. I talked to them. I told them to stop being bad. Did good. I did good. And then campaign ends. <laughs> Let's go to Rise TML. Um, yep, moving on. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Go straight into TMS fight. Right into Act 2. Fox just walks in. Hey, stop being bitch. Hits her with the cane and walks her. out. You know, wax like one of the heads with a cane. Stop it. Done. Can I roll Back. handle animal? Back. No, they're a god. Yeah, but they have... That's they're a, practically they're a dragon, a, though. They're, they're a te- dragon. They're technically a dragon. To one body. I can talk to them. Don't worry. I got this. It's like that old man in the slippers. Just like, get out of my lawn! Get out of my lawn! 
Oh, man. Dang, Tiamat? Goddamn Tiamat and your five dragon heads. Back in my day, you only had one dragon head. <laughs> but, so, uh, if you guys don't like what we're talking about, go watch our stuff. It's on the YouTubes. Link yeah, yeah, right it's down below. Yeah, all yeah. the YouTubes is. So, uh, let's, let's talk about, uh, patrons. Um, yes. so, um, which this, I, I feel that as I was writing the notes for this, it's going to feel very Warlock. Um, and I think it's because Warlocks have, uh, at least in the creation from the player, mm-hmm. they have a lot more control than a cleric or a paladin. Right. Um, because... The clerics and paladins did um, either you're following, like, let's say, um, Greyhawk or Forgotten Realms. You're following mm-hmm. a specific pantheon, and those rules are preset from the books that you're reading. So, I mean, you can ban a few things here and there. Like, um, if you're following a good god, you don't have to be a goody-goody two-shoes. You just have to make whatever that god represents or whatever that god wants be publicly known and the, appease the god enough for the god to give you magic. Um, yeah. But Warlocks, you kind of, unless you didn't, which we'll get to that one in a minute, but you kind of had a say in it. So it's more like the more control over the player over where they get their supernatural abilities. Um, And I want to note that uh, there is a difference between divine magic and arcanic magic. And clerics, paladins, druids, all these other people that that, uh, have a specific worship or, or or unison with something tend to have divine magic. But right. I believe warlocks are arcane, which is weird as heck to me. Because Warlocks just weird. Warlocks are weird because everything about them feels divine in the aspect of like those two for magic sense. But it's just they're arcanic. And also they're just weird as they only have two spells. It's hey man we're two it, trick ponies. It's okay. It's like your your big daddy was like, here, don't spend it all in one place. Here's your allowance for the day. Two spells. Use it wisely. But dad. You can only get two. All but, right. but the wizard's got like ten. Well, alright, you take a short rest and I'll give you I'll give you some more again. But only two. Um so uh questions on how like oh where should i start if i want to uh do one of these um there there are i think the classic four for mm-hmm. patrons uh which the classic one is fiendish uh some contracts some bread and butter um some yeah yeah so some some devilish uh um contract yeah i guess uh, and then there's the the uh, the old ones, just some Cthulian uh, entity, something not of this plane of existence that has been trapped that wants to get out. And there are the flavored texts of like the Fae and the Celestial, which are pretty cool. I think Fae patch with like Arc Fae is a pretty sweet um, flavor there's to have. Of, yeah, there's there's really there's some really cool stuff with Arch Fae. Yes, they are. And Celestials, I feel that it's. Um, those are differentiating from cleric and paladin. I think celestial con- uh, contracts with like for warlock specifically mm-hmm. is more like you have no choice. 
Oh, uh, so what? Okay, so there is also another one. There's also like several other little flavors to yes. uh, the undead, to, to the warlock. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there's undead. There's uh, an, an interesting one I find is the celestial one. Yes. Yes, we're just talking about that one, big. Yes. We just we just said celestial. We just said celestial. We just said it. Were you not? Like I was reading. reading. Okay, cool. There, then they get. They were on the same page. I uh, was just reading, man. God. You're good. You're good. I'm. I'm. I, the West brain cells active. I can only focus it at one po- one thing action at a time. Yay. <laughs> um, oh, we have a, a message from Chat saying that warlocks are both divine and arcanic, but mm-hmm. neither at the same time. I know they're freaking weird. Um, weird. Warlocks are just weird. Man. So I think the the pinnacle moment for any of these uh, classes that you have to discuss with your DM is mm-hmm. uh, why you. Why were you the special one? Um, like, what moment in time led you to this pact? Because um, I coerced him into it. Because <laughs> I talked daddy into it. No. <laughs> I told him to do it. Um, like, uh, uh, I bothered him too much. <laughs> that that one might be for somebody I know. Uh, <laughs> a little a little tiny tiefling boy. Um, <laughs> it's like, a, what moment in time led... Cole into worshiping Farlagon. Like, and, and it's not necessarily like a worship that they have, right, Cole? It's it, because there's thousands and millions of individuals that worship the gods, but you are granted the ability to physically manifest miracles. Cure wounds by all definitions is a miracle. Any level one spell is a miracle. You healed someone from death out of nothing. Like, mm-hmm. that is amazing. Why were you picked? Um, so, cool. Shotting an Eldritch Blast and missing on both accounts with advantage is a miracle. Yes, yes. <laughs> both West and uh, Stranger. Yes. <sighs> yeah, that was great. So, what was uh, Stranger's um, pinnacle moment into him having his patronage? Oh, uh, that's actually a really interesting one. Um, I mean, I don't know if I'll ever play him in a campaign at any given point, but uh, sure. essentially when I built him, um, he I, I kind of was like into the idea of that, uh, just the tragic character that plays it off uh, with the, with the uh, like not the typical nihilistic approaches you see most characters having where like i feel nothing everything sucks nothing matters he's just like hey we're all gonna fucking die one day nothing matters kick flips off a skateboard and keeps going um i have no consequences but uh (laughs) i uh i i I, it was one of those things where it was his his pact was mostly forged from when you're backed into a corner and you're desperate enough to do anything to get out of that corner so uh, he ended up uh, garnering the attention of, well, Dendar, the Night Serpent. Mm-hmm. Because her whole thing is nightmares and fear. And so how is it that this one specific tiefling child is garnering so much fear? And like, how, how is he, all this circulating around him and stuff? Which is completely the product of uh, the abusive household he was raised in. So, ah. She uh, so she kind of took that as a chance to kind of be like, all right, because you know, el- elder ones are kind of, I guess you could say whimsical. They sure. they do things that don't make sense to yes. us of 
this plane. They they have their plans, they have their reasonings, but they just don't make sense to us. Yeah, I, uh, I have um, notes under the older uh, world uh, contracts. That, yeah. Uh, they, they does not need to be something logical. Yeah. Uh, and sanity is completely reasonable. Um, it doesn't need to make sense. Yep. And they tend to be sleeping a lot. Oh, yeah, all the time. So, uh, essentially, it was just uh, one of those moments where it was like, hey, uh, let me offer you a thing. Uh, eat this scale of mine. Become one of my followers. Gain otherworldly powers. And instill the fear that you have felt your entire life into those that you hate. Boom. Have fun. Go get him, Tiger! Go, so. go get him. Go and get him, and then burnt his entire house down and killed everyone inside of it, and then he's moved on. So, you know. Yeah. You know. That's how Break a few legs. Get some uh, otherworldly power. And uh, that's usually how it goes. Well, uh, for warlocks, at least. It, it tends to be some sort of a... You do this for me, I'll do this for you. Which, I'll right. do this for you, tends to be your entire class. Yeah, and and I, I and I feel like with with the especially with the uh, the eldritch ones, it's a matter of um, oh, so okay, so uh, you did this for me. Here's you, you gave me this power. So what do I have to do for you? Don't worry about it. When I need the favor, you'll know. Yes. It's like great. All right, thanks. It uh, it does it does leave. Then it, um... pops, then it pops up like two thirds of the way through campaign, and then they go knock knock. Guess what? I need this thing. I need this thing. Oh, does this conflict with your party's reasoning? That's a shame. Because uh, that has nothing to do with me. It's like, I don't care about that. You're going to do this thing for me. It's like the IRS. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Give me your money you don't have. Yeah. Uh, it's, um... It, I, I think that uh, that uh, these three... Uh, well, we kind of other words here and there. But, yeah. um... It, it does have a specific relationship between the uh, the GM and the player because right. you guys have to be working constantly to oh, yeah. to make yeah. this uh, a thing. Uh, every now and then, I like to throw for uh, the the warlocks here and there the specific like odd requests. Like at the beginning of a Sacred World, uh, one of the players um, they uh, they they were a warlock, but they specifically. It's like these are the things I want to do. Have fun with it. Don't tell mm -hmm. me who my my big daddy is. And so at the end of the day, their big daddy was Belzebub. Um, nice. So, oh, that's right. The flies. Yes, which you guys oh. saw a little bit of that in the campaign. Yeah, that's right. I was. I remember Wes <laughs> being like, "That's fucking weird. I don't like that." Yeah, and it's uh, it, one of the things that they had to do was uh, they were starting to eat flesh, just raw flesh. <laughs> And it started evolving into not just raw flesh, but paper-covered blood was what they needed to eat to keep their sustenance. Because, oh, like a fly, they would they uh, they kind of just will roll around in those things. And the cool thing is, secretly, which we never got to that point, every single piece of paper that they ate that was covered in blood eventually was going to be vomited or regurgitated back as like a scroll or an item as like a, you did good, here you go. <laughs> but uh, nice. we never nice. got there. We never. It's unfortunately. Um, so what does vomiting fire slugs mean? <laughs> Am I doing really good? <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. We'll get to that one in a minute. <laughs> that's a that's a very specific thing that we 
it will be discussed probably sooner than later. Oh god. Um, okay. But a, a a good thing like you were saying earlier that um will uh, bring out the like role play in your players is uh, um the conflict intention of do your morals follow the ethics of the uh, whoever's giving you this patronage. So maybe a little bit of definition with, with those two words uh, because they they're in the same realm but don't mean the same thing. So like morals would be like society's boos and yays. Like yay, that's good or boo, we don't we don't like that. Versus ethics would be like a logical philosophical discussion of what is good and what is truth. So your the person that is well not person, the entity that is giving you these magics has set rules. They have defined what you need to do. That's their ethics. That the, your morals conflict with that um like if you're worshiping the god of slaughter are you a murderer yourself or is it just the people that you kill in fights because dnds kind of have that happen sometimes is that okay enough for your god to be like yeah you're cool man um or are you subjected to do things that your party doesn't want and so those would be great little like tension moments um for for your uh, for your players and what they need to do to keep them happy, like uh, for Wes, your contracts kind of contract is a funny word. Uh, your contracts kind of loose as long as you're gathering information and gaining knowledge, uh, which you are. You mm-hmm. learn to read. You've uh, you uh, one of the requirements is pretty much to fight, and you do that constantly. So that is kind of, as a barbarian, you kind of check that box several times already. Um, And you're actively going out and seeking information over who this is. So you're fulfilling everything, which means you have your powers. Versus like when uh, Travis uh, said bye to Cthulhu Eyeballs, uh, they were like, yeah, I'm not going to give you any magic if you're not going to actively do what I'm asking you to do. Right. All right, all seven levels of you, go by. We don't need that anymore. Mm-hmm. Which is an interesting uh, concept. That, which, uh, I, uh, which I will say for uh, specifically for West's uh, terms and conditions, as we will call them. Uh, the terms and conditions. Terms and conditions. Who reads I, those? I, the iTunes, uh, I, bet, I bet Cole reads the iTunes terms and yes, conditions. Oh, my God. Fun fact about Cole, guys. <laughs> yes. Uh, he sat and read every piece of information. Like, oh, okay. He read the fine front of the contract. Are That's you the so person funny. that when they're like in the restroom, they grab the shampoo bottle and start reading all the ingredients? I bet he is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, he is. Aw, Cole. Yeah, no, so basically, like, uh, like speaking on uh, the, the terms of West's contract, uh, quote-unquote contract, as we will say. Yeah, it's um, funnier to say that. They shook on it. Yeah, that was a mutual shaking. That was a mutual shaking happened. Uh, it was certainly uh, a moment of conflict for him uh, in this last fight, actually, because it was essentially, I know what I'm told that I have to do, but I'm really scared right now, and I don't want any, I, I do not want anyone else to die in this, in this Underdark. Mm-hmm. So if I'm running, am I breaking that contract? Am I breaking that trust that I have with somebody? 
or do I live to fight another day and try to figure shit out from there? Yeah, so he, that was... it was an internal conflict with that. That was definitely a thing that uh, I was pondering, but yeah. uh, it. Um, I don't think that in of itself would have broken it for things that we can discuss later, because yeah. you know you're 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 still exploring it. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna <laughs> spill all the beans just yet, uh, but in a minute. And uh, as a <laughs> as a, a thing uh, for you GMs, as you're building this relationship with your players on their patronage and their their worship um just a word of advice don't be flat out mean to your players because yeah they uh something as extreme that i uh, have played in games for um uh one of which i think paladins are probably the most extreme out of all these individuals um that's why a lot of players tend to pick the the neutral or the chaotic gods because uh at least they have room to like do whatever we did have a gm at one time in our earliest uh plays where we had uh we had a strategy the mm. bar performs the rogue goes out and steals it was a pretty sweet gig you get paid double um but the paladin the player knew of this and it was always one of those like oh Looks what's going on over here. I guess I better turn away. Because they have to arrest their friends or be in conflict with them or they lose all their powers. And mm-hmm. it, it, it got to a point where like the DM or GM was... You, your opinions, however you wanted to view them. It was like putting them in conflict where the, the thief needed to be a thief to escape or to do something. And there was some evil doing. And it's like, well, what is your paladin going to do? Make a perception check. See if you spot this. And it's like, why, why, are you, why are you doing this? Why are you pushing them to fight each other? Right. Um, but, it, I mean, it builds a story. It depends on uh, uh, the situation. But it's just one of those things like, hey, don't beat them up because you view that Cthulhu should be worshipped this way versus how they view how Cthulhu should be worshipped. That's mm-hmm. why that open communication is really good. And, oh, yeah. um, and it, it's like how you guys, um, you know, you initially write a backstory, give it to me, but it's always one of those things where, like, you can always evolve on it and keep going back to it. Like, uh, Cole is writing some things right now that I think is really, really cool. Ariel just sent me a couple of uh, paragraphs over some things about his hometown, which I think are really cool because now you're there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that same communication should spread on. Um, as you uh, like, oh, what is the next? Uh, I can turn on dead now. How is my God going to give me that ability? How is He going to teach me how to do these amazing things? Uh, my Patreon is going to. I'm learning Eldritch Spear now. Like, how does she teach me to do this? Like, are my eyesight's enhanced? And like, do I have sparkly vision now? Like, what's up? So like, you should be constantly working with those things. And and it is a um, a at least a cool guideline to follow, uh, because for most individuals, um, like let's say your ranger, right? Your ranger goes out into the woods, hunts, uh, does their thing, studies, learns the art of the bow, um, you know, learns how to survive on their own out there, and, and that's cool. They're rewarded for for them being out there doing their thing. Um, Oh, oh, we lost a pick. Uh, 
but the uh, your your warlocks and stuff and these other classes, they need to appease these entities. So their class kind of consists on them appeasing quote unquote the DM or whatever those requirements are. Um, which is, it's cool because you have a guideline of what you should follow, but it's also just like, you know, one of those, um, food for thought that, uh, you know, don't punish them just because they're not doing what you think they should be doing. Uh, have that open communication with them, but ye, uh, but I, mm-hmm. also what counts is that if you got a DM that follows that rule, cause a lot of times DMs get a little lazy, get a little lackadaisical, they, they just don't keep up with things. And yeah. Sometimes in a heat moment, the players kind of forget about certain situations. That's true. That's true too. And it's uh um, that's why I like the idea that uh how we kind of do things here, and we're noticing that other the streamers do it as well. The arcs, like uh this these couple of games, we very heavily focus on this player, mm-hmm. um not only to make them stand out and like have us the spotlight on them. Um, but also it, it helps with those roleplay moments like, oh yeah, I forgot your ability is this. Huh. Let me make an entire two games out of that one ability. Um, it, it, it definitely helps out with that. So, uh, and, um, and I'll tell you mm-hmm. what, it's like what you're doing now using D&D Beyond. You were able to catch a few things and yeah. let people know this mm-hmm. is the situation, what we're supposed to be doing, and we're not doing it that way. So it's, it's kind of catching yourself and, and, and you know, get the game back in order yeah yeah exactly exactly as i'm scrolling down scrolling down um so here let's propose a question to you guys uh and anyone in chat so what happens if a character completely breaks their patronage i love these questions uh depends on the class (laughs) sure yeah it depends on the patron yeah also depends on the patron um I'm trying to think of how I can answer like, these questions. Uh, I don't think really. that any like if they if they break the contract, let's just yeah. say, like oath, they, the oath, then. yeah, um, uh, they should not. This shouldn't be an easy thing for them to do. I, mm-hmm. Like paladins have the oath breaker, which um, uh, is your grim dark Batman like type of a uh, uh, role playing. Where, I mean, uh, typically, but you don't always have to play them like you, that. You don't. You don't. We. I. I have had a super, like, '80s hippie that was an Oathbreaker. Oh uh, man, that's so, so cool. Like that. That was a. That was a, a fun character. That yeah, I, man. Like, I just like didn't vibe with me, you know. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a little bit meaner than Alistair, but pretty much like that. That. Oh man. Yeah, I'm. Tr- oh god, I can't fathom uh, Alistair being an Oathbreaker. No, he. We, he's we have. Such a good we have boy. grappled. He is a really good boy. Like Lynn and I have discussed uh, in the past the the possibilities of uh, testing Alistair's faith and uh, possibly the faith of other characters and what they would do in a situation where if they were had to choose between it was a conversation of basically what would you, what would this character do if they had to choose between uh, love basically their heart or mm-hmm. the duty of their order, and that was. A really fun conversation. Is is isn't is that right? Is that yeah, yes, it is, is that right? Is 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 very right, yeah. As uh as Cole and Ariel read something in the book of Avicent. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, we're out of the Underdark now. Yeah, you are. So remember how Ari was like, hey, man, you can just look at this book when we're not in the Underdark. Yeah, that's also a thing. Cole's going to be like, give me. Give me book. <laughs> let me read. Um, you like to read it now. Uh, it's a, uh, I think it's an interesting question because in every superhero movie or comic book that you read, there is that chapter, that arc of yeah. like the hero losing their powers. I, I love the, I always love the fall from grace chapters because it's you get to, two. it's the yeah, act two basically. Yeah. You get to see, okay, you have somebody who was at the height of their game who thought that they that they had it handled, and then the rug is pulled out from under them. Mm-hmm. Now what do you do? How yeah. f- you're already at the bottom. Where do you go? Yeah. Is there a further bottom? <laughs> Vic, there's always a further bottom. Yeah, there's the Underdark. And then past the Underdark is the Abyss. And then past that... The bottomless pit. Yeah, there's... And there's... Uh, there's yeah, those are... Mm-hmm. Moving on, because those are things mm-hmm. that you guys will learn about. <laughs> oh, let's use a drink my water. Um, I, I don't think I, Vic, that, I Vic know the things West does not. <laughs> yes, these are these are facts. Uh, I like Snake Way. It's very interesting. Um, so Snake Way is very interesting. Snake Way is very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I was thinking about like uh, other things that uh, uh, maybe like uh, moving away specifically from like traditional like medieval fantasy. And I was thinking like body hacks. Like uh, like Cyberpunk is coming out soon, right? The Cyberpunk yes. uh, twenty seventy seven, um, the video game. Like technically, something could you um, like a warlock or a cleric, something, something greater or other, having a somewhat conversation with you, and out of this deal, you have abilities now. That is very ghost in the shell, in my my view. Mm-hmm. If you just like just change it up a bit, like um, it it could be supernatural because uh, a lot of these things tend to be, but it could all just be mechanical as well, uh, like cyber hacking and uh, your body is now forced to do something, uh, but you're getting these like abilities. Uh, maybe they're like uh, um, uh, yeah, called? addicting qualities the... to that. Like yeah, uh, I've always liked high like like high sci-fi. If that's the term to put. Where it's sure. like so, like technologically advanced. If you brought it into our day and age, it could be perceived as magic, with just how advanced it is. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's a, I uh, I I was well, such. And mm-hmm. also, also you can kind of twist it because, like in Thor, their magic was considered science here. Yeah. So it can go either way. Yeah, I I don't know why always had a it's magic 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 <laughs> a disposition for uh for like high sci-fi if that's the correct term like your cyberpunks and mm-hmm. uh and i never understood why i like star wars until it's like oh it's written like yeah, a like freaking the, medieval fantasy tale. Yeah. yeah so but I, I i never was into any of that stuff um i i don't know why and old, old, old school D&D had a lot of space adventures and your space hamsters and your mm-hmm. uh, elder beings. Um, and for some reason, I was, I was always just something that like, I never got into. But as I yeah. grew older, I'm like, it's pretty cool. I like, like it. Uh, uh, yeah, like, uh, oh, so like in, in the realm of that, uh, one of my favorite uh, sci-fi adventures 
is mm-hmm. the uh, the video game Mass Effect, where it's essentially a deep space adventure. Yes. Uh, you have your character, you come in, you're basically labeled as the cool guy of everything because you're a specter, and that's awesome. Um, and then, like, you, you hit that plot hook where all of a sudden you're on a mission, everything's going as it's as planned, and then it takes that left turn. All of a sudden, the world opens up in a way you've never seen it before. Suddenly, wait, there's eldritch beings in this universe that are controlling yeah. everything? Yeah, there is. Oh, that's so good. Oh, and for... Uh, I, it, I think it's that, that same game. Didn't they go yeah. underwater? Like, there was, like, an underwater chapter with, like, big daddies and little sisters or is that different yes thing? yes there was okay. oh yeah that's right uh because uh going back to the, the the body hack thing uh like they took these essentially you can call it like a small patronage or something but mm-hmm. like uh you could flavor like oh my spell was this where like i am taking this drug or this body enhancement which is very addicting to get a, a something out of it oh, yeah. um yeah. and you you know you can weave those into your sci-fis um one of the uh, I forgot the author. Ah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get kicked by uh, the GF I'm gonna, later. I'm gonna, re- I'm gonna reach author. I'm gonna reach my foot across the state of Texas to kick you specifically. Uh, no, um, <laughs> where it's a uh, um, it, it was something along the well, lines of um, uh, with like the supernatural being explained as something scientific. Uh-huh. Um, it, it was this a uh, great like a uh, powerful what we would call a wizard. And uh, they asked him, like, oh, do you believe in in, uh, in ghosts and all these things? Like, no, I don't believe in that nonsense. As they open up a portal and, and walk into hell, like, I believe in science. And, like, they go into hell. Like, and it was one well, uh, the quote that I love was um, that the supernatural is just natural. It just was needs it, to be explained. Uh, it was a book series, you said? Yeah. It sounds very Dresden Files to me. Could be Dresden Files is I pretty think, good. I think Dres- yeah, Dresden Files. It was like magic, but it had like a scientific explanation to yeah. it or something of the sort. We technically have because uh, my bro Nick gave me the RPG for the Dresden Files, which is pretty much high detective dystopian future with medieval characters or like uh-huh. races, and it's like you're Batman, but you're also like Adam Warlock. Go do things, which I, I thought was yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. Um. So for for uh, I think the, the Fae, Fiend, Celestial, and Old Ones, we, we kind of get those graphs uh, just because they're pretty, you use a lot in literature and they use a lot in uh, um, the games and everything that we're reading. Uh, but let let's talk about the the little boys that aren't that aren't uh, in the you know they're the sidelines every now and then. Um, the three that popped into my head, which I'm sure there's more. Is elemental, draconic, and undead. What would a greater elemental or a dragon or undead want with somebody? Ooh, Enough uh, that they some... like. Here's magic. Go do things. Ooh, ooh. Uh, there's also. Uh, I, I know that uh, Unearthed Arcana recently started adding more subclasses to things. Mm-hmm. They also now have a warlock pack to the G- to the Jin. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. How is that not just sorcerers? Yes. <laughs> ah, okay, got it. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go good if you want to keep talking about the the draconic and the and the elemental. It was more like an open ended question. Uh, no, yeah, but, fine. yeah. How how does a gin? I guess set me if you set me free, I'll give you all these powers. 
I I guess. Uh, let me look this up real quick. I mean, because yeah, I guess. So. The, excuse me, Pact of the Genie. That's what they're calling it. Yeah. Is it? I mean, eh, either way. It, it feels like sometimes it's it's like a as it an example the um, the spellless ranger is like. Then why aren't you a fighter with a bow? Yeah. I don't. I don't. I've because... I've, I've, I've grab. I have grappled with that myself. I'm like, hey, I want to make this character a ranger. But really, I just want to use a bow, so why don't I just be a fighter with a bow? Yeah, it's, I mean, uh, that that might have sounded naked to some people. Hey, I love, first of all, I love rangers. Rangers are freaking first of all, powerful. They are amazing. They, Once you're in your preferred terrain, you're just unstoppable. Yeah, they, uh, which... And I think that's why people have to throw so much flack at them, because they get jealous. <laughs> uh, baby. Which, I, I told Jeremiah, because uh, he was there a little bit with uh, Ronnie, uh, who, uh his with Moonbrook before he left, uh, okay. his favorite terrain was the Underdark. Guess what his favorite enemy was? Aberrations. Yep. Wow, it's like he was built for that entire mission. He was one hundred percent completely coincidentally uh. built to be the best character in the book for that. Alright, um, so I have up the uh the, the pact of the genie. Yes. So as it reads on uh, the D D Beyond uh Official, unofficial, uh, Unearthed Arcana, um, which, of course, it's always saying this is a playtest material, so it's not official. Well, it's a, it's you can use it for your games, but not for, yes. like, Adventures League and et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. So, all right, so you have made a pact with one of the rarest kinds of genie, a noble genie. Such entities are rulers of vast uh, fiefs, I guess, uh, on the elemental planes and have great influence over lesser genies and elemental creatures. Noble genies are varied in their motivations, but are all arrogant and wield power that rivals that of lesser deities. Mm. They delight in turning the table on mortals who so love to bind genies into servitude, readily enter that expand their reach across the multiverse. You choose your patron's kind or determine it randomly. So they have like a table for different types of genies. So you have a Dao, you have a, uh, a genie, which is DJI double M, uh, an Efriti, and a Merid. So water, Which fire, they, uh, earth, air. Captain Planet, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but that's cool. Uh, I I don't know if warlocks technically have a pack to the elementals, because elementals tend not to give a crap about anything. They're just I guess, I guess this is Maybe I guess this, this is, is their flavor. The yeah. This is their flavor of elemental packs. Okay, that makes sense. As uh, so, we got a message from Shortbeard on chat here saying that I uh, believe that Jin and Dean the aren't essentially like bound to lamps. They're free, powerful, magical spirits. But you know, once they're in prison, they're uh, they're the big uh, baddie that we all uh, you know they're Aladdin essentially. Also, yeah, basically. Yeah. I think someone is uh, uh, shooting a shout out to you in chat, Vic. What's what's up? What what what's happening? You just have to read it. Uh, do you love Arian, Vic? Um, jury's still out. I don't even know what Arian is. Uh, uh, Arian is Lynn's uh, ranger that ah, uh, she created. It. He's a uh, uh, what's the what's the subclass like? Plane, not a planeswalker, but he's the one that deals with like otherworldly stuff. That specific subclass of ranger. Okay. I cool. do love him. I also love to make fun of him. Making fun is a sort of love. It's a type of love. It's the so it's a love I've learned. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know that the the uh, the Jin were a a warlock. I didn't know pack. they had... that's that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Because so that was one of like... my questions. Like 
I what about elemental? There's great right. great beings of elemental. Like a um I don't know about specifically like Faerun lore, but like in the next campaign, one oh, of damn. the things that I'm writing is that uh what? there's elementals who are essentially um as strong as gods. They just don't care or have mm-hmm. the will or wants of attraction or love because like the elemental plane of water is essentially a deity. Their yeah. elemental plane of fire, all these things. Um, so, yeah. by that, um, they couldn't contract with other entities uh, and have clerics and, and uh, paladins and warlocks and maybe even sorcerers because sorcerers yeah. like to just get it on with everybody. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm reading through the, 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 this genie subclass and oh my god. Yeah. Like, okay, so first level, you get uh, your patron gifts you with a magical vessel that grants you a measure of the genie's power. So it's basically like your arcane focus, but you're carrying around a magic lamp or something. Sure. Uh, let's see. As an action, you can magically vanish and enter your vessel, which for me. So you're basically becoming a genie through this pact. Are you serious? I'm okay, going to so, get inside this okay, lamp. Okay. okay, so as an action, you can magically vanish and enter your vessel, which remains in the space you left. The interior of the bottle is extra-dimensional space in the shape of a 20-foot radius cylinder, 20 feet high, and it resembles your vessel. The interior is comfortably appointed with cushions, basically a genie lamp. Uh, da, da. Uh, you exit the vessel early. Uh, uh, if you So you can remain inside the vessel for up to a number of hours equal to twice your proficiency bonus. Okay. You exit the vessel early if you use a bonus action to leave, if you die or the vessel's uh or if the vessel is destroyed. So you leave it early if you use a bonus action, if you die or the vessel's destroyed. Okay. I can and... totally see Orc Death's vessel just being a flask. Yes. If the vessel is destroyed shenanigans coming from if the vessel's destroyed, every object stored there harmlessly appears. So it's basically a bag of holding as well for yourself. Yeah, it, it's it's yeah, it's a That's little bit, nice. yeah. Interesting. Horizontal okay. walker, uh, yes, yes, I remember horizontal walkers. Uh, uh, elemental gift is your sixth level feature. You begin to take on characteristics of your patron's kind. You now have resistance to a damage type determined by your patron's uh, kind, such as Dao has bludgeoning, uh, thunder for genie, uh, fire for free teeth, etc., etc. Cool. Uh, sanctuary vessel. When you enter your genie's vessel, the bottle, uh, the bottled respite feature. You can via the bottled respite feature. You can now choose up to five willing creatures that you can see within thirty feet of you. You have your own tiny hut. Yeah, yeah, tiny hut. Is and a... then, oh, here's a fun one. Uh, level fourteen. You entreat your patron to grant you a small wish. As an action, yeah. you can speak your desire to your genie's vessel, requesting the effect of one spell that is sixth level uh, or lower, okay, and has yeah. a casting time of one. I know. I was about to say, you get a free wish. Fuck that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Op. This ain't no divine intervention. Get out of here. Yeah. Uh, spell can be okay. Uh, it has a casting time of one action. Spell can be from any class's spell list, and you don't need to meet the requirements in that spell, including costly comp- co- uh, <sighs> components. The spell because sim- I've been ma- I've been constantly being, being made fun of for how I say that. Uh, the spell simply takes effect as part of this of this action. <laughs> Once you use this feature, you can't use it again until you finish a one d four long rest. Okay, so, so you yeah, get a free six level spell. Cool. Basically, basically. Yeah, that's, 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 it, that's, and that's, that's your fourteenth level feature. That's so. not bad. That's fine. That's not terrible. That's it's not pretty terrible. all right. Yeah. Which uh, that's that's pretty cool. I was uh, thinking awesome. of uh, like um. Like, a, I don't think uh, D&D technically at this moment has... I don't have the Undying one, which I think you're pretty much a lich. 
I'm not sure. I haven't really read too much on it. The uh, undead one? Yeah. I can pull that up. Sure. I, I think it's like either you're in servitude to an undead, you were brought back. It's one of those mm-hmm. like, you owe me. I brought you back from the dead. Type of things. Like, you have no saying in this contract. You're doing what I'm telling you to do. Um, kind of like, uh, what's... Oh, what's that movie with uh, well, Christopher Walkings and uh, um, uh, Vince? What's his name? Uh, Aragorn, the the actor. Uh, uh, Viggo Morton. Morton. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Morton. Prophecy. Yeah. The prophecy. Yeah. Where uh, this could also be like uh, an angel literally came back, uh, came down to Earth, and was like, "Hey, you, dead person. Hey, you, come back." Okay, I don't know how to drive a car. Go drive that car for me. <laughs> That's technically a Patreon pact. They agreed yeah. in their moments of that too to uh, serve this angel, and then the angel's like, "All right, go drive things." How do I use a computer? Okay, so from what I'm reading here, uh, your patrons are essentially liches. Makes sense. They're strong. So okay, uh, death holds. Death holds no sway over your patron who has unlocked the secrets of everlasting life. Although such a prize, like all power, comes at a price. Once uh, more, once mortal, the undying has uh, seen mortal lifetimes pass within seasons. Flavor, flavor, flavor. Okay, so beings of this sort, including Vecna, Lord of the Hand, hmm. and I, the the Dread Lose, the Lich Queen Vol, the Undying Court of uh, Arena, uh, Arena, I guess, uh, Vlakith, Lich Queen of the Githyanki, and the deathless wizard, uh, Fistendantilus. Do you think you have lich queens? That's scary. I know, that's super <laughs> scary. That's what I thought. Too. They're already scary, but yeah. oh my god. Like, gifts are scary, up. man. Gifts are scary. Hey, hey, hey. They're not gifts. They're Aust- Australians. What? Because they're from the astral plane. Wait, go uh, home. Go yes. home. <laughs> please pack okay. your bags go home I, I am home you're done for the day okay alright goodbye guys Githyanking gets her right are Australians yes ah, I love it okay so uh, yeah so for, for the undying you get um, you get you learn spare the dying as a cantrip uh, you, at 6th level uh, defy death you give yourself vitality when you cheat death uh, or when you help someone else cheat it you can regain hit points equal to 1d8 your constitution modifier da 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 undying nature you can hold your breath indefinitely <laughs> that's a cool trick that is kind of cool you don't require food water or sleep although you still require rest to reduce exhaustion at uh, indestructible life at level 14 you partake uh, of some of the true secrets of the undying on your turn you can use a bonus action to regain hit points equal to 1d8 plus your warlock level additionally if you put a severed body part of yours back in place when you use this feature the part reattaches so deadpool rules you are yeah deadpool rules got it deadpool rules you just become deadpool that's <sighs> all you do deadpool would be a warlock wouldn't he yeah accidentally yeah I mean, technically... Undead Warlock that, for some reason, has, like, Hexblade abilities. Thanos tried to be a Warlock, but Death said no. No, no, no. <laughs> she said you. no. Uh-uh. I'm not impressed. Oh, does she? Uh, I'm sure you saying that the Githyanti had the Lich Queen and the Rioted Red Dragon. <gasps> Is that Baldur's Gate 3 you're talking about there? Ooh. <laughs> uh, which totally stole... 
lot of ideas I have. Just saying. <laughs> the creators of Dungeons and Dragons obviously. All I know, no all I know is when the, the trailer for Baldur's Gate 3 dropped, I like looked at Tabitha and I was like, hey, you guys glad you're not in Baldur's Gate anymore? You guys wonder why I was so freaked out when I'm like, can we not be here at all? We're level one. <laughs> There's beholders and mind flayers everywhere. Please let's leave. Oh, excuse me, level three. Hey, you had your Panthers. It's fine. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I have I have eight Panthers. I you am have eight Panthers. You're fine. It was balanced. It was. We have a fox and two clerics. Throw more green dragons at us. <laughs> hey, there's an angel boy here. Hello. What angel Whoa. boy? We weren't talking about you. <laughs> no, we weren't talking about you at all. Anyway, so let's talk about paladins and their oath breaking. <laughs> Ariel, do you have comments? Um, I think they are badass. <laughs> <laughs> paladins tend to be pretty PA. Yeah. Uh, he had an oathbreaker paladin in one of our other games, and uh, the way he tied that into his backstory was uh, was pretty baller, honestly. Um, uh, he was. We we're going back to his temple essentially, and he worshipped, believe it was Salem, and. When we got there, he discovered that every single person at the temple, his mentor and all of them, had been killed. Uh, oh, man. Kind of what what snap, made him snap. Oof. It was like a total shift in his whole character. And, I mean, it was just, it was great. It really was That's great. amazing. Yeah. Oh, breakers are cool. I, I have I have a, a, a weird love for them. It Yeah, there's, there's something uh, romanticized, I guess, in our culture about the the person who rebelled for good reasons. Yeah. I and, mean, uh, yeah, it's it's and out so, of their it's strength, of they're going to like achieve greater good. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, it's. I'm trying to think how to word this because uh, for me, it's always like you you grow up being told one thing, and then you find out that that thing that you've been told uh, does not vibe with you anymore, yeah. and then you realize that you have to forge your own path. And so it's it's taking that moment to try to uh, do what you believe is right in that moment. Yeah. And uh, Which, who's to say if it's truly right or not? It's just, it's what your personal belief is. Uh, and if that, that stops aligning funny. with your God, then hey, what happens? That was one of the early options for Ariel was Oathbreaker. Uh, Ooh. Mm-hmm. Technically, yeah. Had gone through I mean, yeah, in all technicalities. Lyra and then having mm-hmm. to pretty much break that uh, for the greater good but then i, I kind of thought about it some more and i'm like oh, how long has it been since that happened oh, it's been like 200 years so he would have had other things to do so maybe oathbreaker wouldn't be the best for him at this point so then i figured you know since i had gone through that paradigm shift of, of being with lyra and then paylor and all them i kind of figured once i found that uh pantheon oath of the pantheon i was like okay this this actually fits far better uh this current arc yeah which is, is a cool thing. Um, uh, going a little bit back onto like breaking oaths or, or breaking your contract or your patronage, like a cool thing. Which uh, um, I don't know if when like Critical Role when the Travis broke the contract with uh, with their fishy boy and then went into the uh, Wild Mother. Uh, mm-hmm. It's essentially like have that arc of discovery, 
have those couple of games of them learning how to uh, manage things on their own because it's going to be an adjustment. It has to be, right? How many oh, yeah. years of worship or servitude have you had to these individuals to, and you finally had the strength to say, no, enough is enough. I'm going to do blank now. Uh, but once they do, reshape those levels into something else that they're learning how to, uh, um, you know, from like, let's say Warlock to Paladin, like reshape those levels of uh, Warlock into Paladin as they're slowly growing and learning how to, to do these things. But one of the things that you said, Vic, that uh, mm -hmm. we're going to use a lot in uh, the next campaign from uh, Wednesday, because right now they're doing the Harry Potter thing, and right. they really want to continue that, but we want a different flavor. So, Because um, uh, right now they're currently in the 40s. Uh, but we're going to go back in time to like the Arthurian tales. So Merlin is technically a real-life entity in Harry Potter, so let's go back there. Um, and one of the things as the crusades are happening and all that stuff, one of the players like had a very interesting question, like, what if I'm a paladin of Christ? And like, how does that, how does that work in your world? Uh, mm. like, oh, well, and I thought about like, I don't think that it matters, um, what the name behind your God is. I think for that campaign, because, uh, how different wizards are because if that was so then technically to keep the flavor of uh, Harry Potter there will be paladins here of all different religions like and nowadays but they're not they're just wizards um, so like how can you be considered paladin how can we take these classes um, and one of the things is like well it doesn't matter what you had faith in is that you have faith and you are a wizard-born individual. You're just manifesting your your powers within your faith. Hence, paladin clerics and maybe even warlocks, um, which I thought was like a cool little twist that we uh, we uh, we came up with. Um, and since since it's it's getting to that time, uh, let's let's do the fun things. Oh, as I'm reading something from stream. That yeah. I, I, re I read Metal AF, and that is my entire worldview. That, that's Metal AF. Uh, so, apparently, uh, Shorty said, I did a stream where uh, I read about them from Tombs of Foes, which Tombs of Foes is amazing, uh, that the Githyanki Queen sits on a throne of Mind Flayer skulls and has the cushion of an elder brain. Uh, which is Metal AF, which I agree. The, the Yankee Lich Queen sitting on a skull of elithids and having an elder brain cushioned leather under her tuchus is the most metal thing I have heard. That is mwah. Yes. That's, that's beautiful. Very mwah, mwah. So, uh, we, okay, we have a couple people here. Let's, uh, mm -hmm. let, let's, let's play a game. Okay. So, we have Fae, Fiend, Celestial, and Otherworld. So we have Celestial. four patrons. I don't know what the question is, but Celestial. <laughs> the answer is Celestial. I was gonna <laughs> say fiend. So let's let's make a let's make some packs, shall we? It, uh, it doesn't Done. really matter how. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like you can put a god in if you want, or or a specific character. Uh, this is just for fun as a little like uh, brainstorming exercise. Yeah. So. Phase. West mode. <laughs> so face. Um. Face, let's yes. make a let's make a let's make a pack with 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 the with the arc fay. Arc fays, I don't think they want their soul. They're not interested in that. I think arc fays want chaos. 
um, or some unpredictable creatures. Uh, they they also might have a ferocity to like uh, vengefulness or uh, like you have to be harsh and protect nature at all costs. So with a couple little things here and there, those little flavors, um, I'll just throw it out into the ether. Uh, let's let's make a contract for a fay, for an arc fay. If an arc fay wanted to grant you abilities, what would you think they want in return? Uh, I, sh- I, sh- I should not think I'm in West Brain. I should not think in West Brain because I can't. Don't. Uh, <laughs> I, I just assume everyone wants to be my friend. <laughs> that's 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 how. Yeah, that's how you get hurt. Um, yeah, I know, West. I'm thinking things like tricks, maybe. Like uh, you have to uh, perform uh, a couple of pranks here and there, even if it uh, involves causing your friends uh, some sort of discomfort. Oh, I don't like that. West doesn't. West don't like that. Okay, you know, West, like, he doesn't like he doesn't like to hurt his friends. Well, what about just throwing a pie at their face? Okay, that's funny. Like uh, like that whole prank where uh, Wes took the, the transmutation cube and put it on top of uh, Ariel and turned it into mud. Yeah, that was fun. That was uh, that was definitely... A, a... I think all the pranks that Wes would do would just be centered at Ariel because it's just funny distressing him with, like, his, his, his robes getting dirty or something. No comment. <laughs> Technically, out of Ariel's frustration, he did uh, create a cantrip. That uh, mm-hmm. is a very specific version of presentation that just yes. cleans your clothes. So it's amazing. I love it. And and, uh, and West taking uh, taking feathers that he finds from like a, a chicken or something and like throwing them around by Ariel and be like, "Oh my God, Ariel, you're molting." <laughs> you know, you say that. I think West would be great in a fake contract. He probably would, honestly. He yeah. he's very he's very in tune with nature. I feel. Yeah. That's why he treats Trixie like she's a, she's a real girl. And and he's he's really rash with his emotions, or not rash. He's he's uh, he doesn't hide his emotions well. Which I would like, say he'd wear them on his sleeve, but he doesn't have sleeves. Yeah, and, and the Fae are also that quick to anger, quick to love, quick to jealousy. Like they very... they are emotion cranked up to eleven empathic so yeah he kind of just vibes off of like the immediate emotion of the moment but yes tabitha as you have this excited look on your face yeah can i help you nothing okay cole doesn't want to make a pact with the fey what would you do cole what would you do to make a pact with the fey no cole just has a pact with asmodeus apparently Wow, that was, like, really presumptuous of you, Ariel. That's so fucking rude. Do you think every tiefling does? No comment. <laughs> well, just to refresh that conversation from the uh, the, the Death Tyrant, yeah. it said that, that Cole has blood resembling something with an A, and so does yeah, Ariel, that technically Cole and Ariel are brothers. Yeah. Uh, you have right. a brother! I'm going to early Baby brother! And it's uh, technically, like, really, 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 Intermillennia's really baby brother. Yeah, that might be. It's like, as we've said, Cole is baby. Cole is baby. <laughs> 
Uh, hey, uh, who's good at reading words? Oh, I'm good at reading words. What's up? Uh, we got we got an Arcfey uh one in chat. All right, uh, let me read this out. Uh, Archfey, a powerful member of the Unseelie Court, demands that you tell a scary story whenever you travel to a new place. More goodies to you if you give a child a nightmare. That's cool. Oh. I would fucking love that. That's... Of course, there's nothing he loves more than making a child cry. Oh my god. He's an asshole, okay? <laughs> oh, I love it. So, uh, let's get, let's, <clears throat> as I crack here, don't know how to speak. My, my, my blood hunter might actually dig that too. Ooh. Uh, fiends and demons. So, so fiends, devils and demons. Um, I think it's easy to do one of these because devils, it's the classic. Yeah, I just bought him a beer. Yeah, read, read the contract, and uh, I will get your soul at the end of this. Um, By the way, yo, I'm going to get your soul at the end of this. Yeah, he signs it anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, oh, Shining was pretty good. Um, <laughs> it, it, I, I've always had kind of had this conundrum, and mm. it wasn't until I talked to the GF a couple of months ago about this very specific thing. Like, why would in God's good name... Would anyone make a contract with the devil? Why? Because you're only he gonna get it, hurt. He sells it so fucking good. And, and that's the thing. It's it's uh, how uh, I, I was explaining to me. It's like, well, it's what desperation. They're telling you yeah. what you want to hear. They're not going to someone who who will say no. Exactly. They're going to someone who is desperate. They're going yeah. to someone who has no other option. Yeah. And. At least your mortal body will have some comfort. The, your everlasting soul, that's a different conversation for a different time. I'm suffering now. I need relief now. And I, I think those um, might be the, the, the ways to make contracts with these individuals to, to have a patronage or to worship them versus like a demon who is chaotic in nature I'm always wrapped of of their who are the people that worship like the the members of the abyss the the um your your dukes and your councils of the abyss and, and, and because it's all literally just carnage and chaos if heaven isn't there and hell isn't there the abyss will just consume everything um so why give to these worships and and it's a uh, I think it's a really hard case to say that anyone of sound logical mind would ever pay attention to these individuals. Um, it's always someone who's a little off, um, which that can go into a completely different conversation about how like media takes mental illness and all that stuff. Right, but right. It, it, it does leave beg the question of someone of sound mind who has no negativity in their life would ever make these deals so these individuals prey on those who are weak or vulnerable and i think that's the only real way to make a fake con uh, i mean a fiendish contract with uh, with any of these classes so yes. on the topic of fiendish contracts yep. yeah wes what's up uh, no and this is not a this is not a question for west oh, okay what's your opinion on marriage <laughs> as a contract uh, I think it's dumb. 
I'm not a... So, proposing a marriage contract with the, with the demon <laughs> to make a pact. <sighs> Fucking... Where is this question coming from? Is Wes, this is... Wes going to get married? No, this is coming from Lynn. I guarantee you. <laughs> I mean, Ariel could officiate the wedding. I mean, I'm just saying. Oh my god! Can Ariel officiate this and Grayson getting married? Please, I, yes. I need that art immediately. Oh. Yes. Oh my god, I need that art. <laughs> It's 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 been uh, it has certainly been been taken and and ran with into the wind, uh, especially in my salt marsh game. Uh, Grayson has specifically said, "Oh, I wrote it myself." I I wonder what's in the contract that this was like. I'll Boots. do it. Boots. Boots. But OG Boots. OG Wiss, OG this. Well, that's a thing. It's it's. This has been thrown out into the eighth there, and it's like, do what you will with the boy. Because um, uh, I'm, I'm very specific with my characters, and they're all asexual, so it's, it's do what you will. I, I love the idea of, uh, of dis and high thighs, though. It's a, it, it pleases me. He's, he's, not, he's not the one in the thigh highs. He's the one enjoying the thigh highs. Oh, my. You're right. <laughs> So that could be a contract right there. Yes. We're thigh highs, and I'll give you Elgis Blast. Yes. Uh, that, oh, that my God, is that why Grayson's always wearing thigh high boots? That was the contract. Little do you know. I, listen. Yes. I thought it was pretty awesome that that in in my Salt Marsh game, Grayson literally summoned Dis with a summon greater fiend spell. <laughs> I had to I had to look that spell up too, and I was like, "Wait, is this spell?" And it's it is a, it is a wizard spell, so, and it is also a warlock spell. So I'm like, that could be either or. So there is a uh, how do I say this uh, politely? There is an Ariel version of that spell instead of Summon Greater Fiend. Um, Celestial. Yeah, that will become very interesting after to after this Friday's game. Oh no! I'll just leave it at that. If you keep oh, with that mindset, no. that will be a very interesting spell to learn. Just I'll leave it at that because of uh, you'll see, you'll see. <laughs> oh, I love it. Me, Speaking of celestials, I'm googling the spell. Sorry. <laughs> I'm like giving the one spell the cleric in the party can learn. Hold on, I'm I'm researching. Oh my god. <laughs> So, uh, uh, speaking of Celestials, uh, Colton, um, so, uh, angels answering your calls, uh, maybe saving your life, um, you having to do good within the Celestial Being's, uh, um, uh, perspective, um, what would be, like, some sort of contract or patronage, uh, between them? Between... Like, if, 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 um... Nope. Just, just anybody it doesn't matter. But uh, like, uh, just, just throwing the question out into the aether. Uh, if you want to, sure. I mean, we've kind of seen a little bit of conflict between Ariel and Paylor already. Um, Ariel is wanting; he has his own goals and his own aspirations to become his own like god, I guess you could say. And Paylor knows that, and they've kind of 
it heads before. Um, it hasn't gotten to the point where Galore's like, you know what, no, I'm cutting you off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no more allowance for you. But, but, I mean, it did get close to that in one of our games a while back, and I was, th- I was sitting there, like, sweating as you were talking about, like, what Paylor was saying in return to Ariel, um, about how Paylor knew what I was thinking um, when I had these these thoughts that weren't really in line with the dogma of Paylor and what it is that Paylor stands for. So, I mean, I haven't, I mean, there's, there's Oathbreakers, yes. I haven't gotten to the point, though, where I've personally, in a game where my, pa- my paladin has done something so egregious or so against his, uh, his deity that, that the deity's like, all right, your contract, you're, you know, you're sever, sever, severing my ties with you, essentially. Um, but I mean, I think that is something that is definitely possible, and it will happen if Ariel gets to achieve what he wants, because yeah. Ariel can't really be a god but also worship Paylor as a servant. It, it doesn't. I don't think it really works that way. I, I kind of think about it as like a, um, if if Ariel and Paylor were in like a a, a classical sitcom, uh, the day that that is achieved, it's like. Paylor dropping him off at college, like, right? Do be proud, son. Uh, I could. Oh, no, that's not how I see it at all. <laughs> There's two paths uh, for Ariel, at least that I know of and I can see. And that is, he's going to be forced to make a decision that cuts him off from Paylor prematurely. God forbid, but um, that's an option. Another option would be, since Paylor brought Ariel back and said, you know, your work's not done have one more chance I feel like once Ariel achieves what he needs to in regards to what Paylor wants of him which Ariel is still trying to figure that out he doesn't know Paylor's goals because Ariel's goals are completely different from Paylor's to his knowledge um, I think if if he achieves what Paylor what it is that Paylor wants then Paylor can pretty much say you're released from your contract or you're released from your uh fund to me essentially mm-hmm. and will that'll probably be at the time that ariel more or less ascends to uh the seat of joy oh man that, it's that's, like that's you're kind of in my head <laughs> <laughs> the things i would have you do no, um, I'm really looking forward to uh, what the rest of this game has in store for Ariel, especially now that we're at Whitestone. I'm like, ooh, it's gonna get spicy. Yeah, yeah, things are gonna get a a, a little bit of um, hairy. Maybe hairy's not the right word. Sorry, maybe like wingy. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I think that uh, uh, otherworldly contracts are probably the best for the Dungeon Master to have in their hands. It's fun um, to play with. Because, it, it again, it doesn't need to make sense at all. Yeah, no. Well, it's not that it makes... It just it doesn't make sense to those of the Mortal Coil because the the Eldritch Ones see the bigger picture, apparently. Yeah. And, and one of the things that uh, this is also... Uh, I'm prying heavy on this. Uh, which uh, isn't a spoiler, and like you'll, this will be like the first paragraph uh, in the new campaign. But mm-hmm. it's uh, uh, the gods' words here first. There's other things out there mm-hmm. in the aether. I always love. I always love far beyond. 
So th- these creatures, yeah, like you say, they don't they don't have to make sense out of anything. They're you eating that apple right now because for some reason your patron said go eat this apple, like is very like important to the grand scheme of like them escaping from their uh, their like ethereal bond and becoming this great uh a cthulian creature this this um this what are they called in mtg the old jerazian titan that just destroys things but yeah yeah the the presence of uh of eldritch beings uh as being the ancient ones that came before the current pantheon i've always loved concepts like that because it kind of like anecdote time it reminds me of uh, a, a time when uh, me and and my siblings used to go to the old uh, Catholic church, and there was a point where my brother was really annoying, and he decided to ask the priest. He's like, "Hey, so God created the universe, right?" And the priest's like, "Yeah." He's like, "All right, so who created God?" And he just it's like, go, "Go, go, sit down." <laughs> this is not your talk to talk right now. <laughs> you do not have. Don't a talk about it. Stick. Don't, don't, don't. You don't have the talking stick. Is that what you said? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Heathen, heathen, leave, leave my sight. Cole, Cole would have done that. Done oh that. my god, Cole. He's yeah. like sitting there in Sunday school and they're just like, I have a question. Also, where do the dogs go? <laughs> where do dogs, do they go to heaven? Do the dogs uh, go to heaven? And then you're like, no, that's not happening. You're like, I don't want this. This is stupid. God. <laughs> Which, uh, um, uh, shameless plug here. Theros has a, a very interesting uh, way to have the gods manifest themselves into the material plane. Yeah, yeah Theros is, is very yeah. interesting in its lore. Yeah, which uh, essentially it's a, the gods, uh, people came first and then the gods came after, and it was the people's collective will of what they need, like a sun god or a god of the underworld. That. love that stuff. Uh, for, yeah. for, especially for my, uh, well, I would say for my, uh, for my own personal writings, I usually like to depict gods as, not necessarily as celestial beings not as like actual like all powerful omnipotent gods but just fey entities that just kind of wandered into the wrong place at the wrong time and people are like wow you're really powerful and you use magic you must be a god and they're like yeah definitely absolutely pray to me (laughs) (laughs) give me offerings i want free stuff so basically, at least in, in my in my worlds, the deities are always fey creatures that are running the long con. Hey, I mean that works. Uh, <laughs> you uh, have you have some that don't want to, like the traveler. Yeah, the traveler is just like I just you know somehow I became a god because some little girl really wished really hard on her imaginary friend. You you guys in currently in Sacred World, you are in the the inner seas map, which again when we discuss like the beginning of the campaign. Um, Greyhawk is a pantheon, so any of the gods in the inner seas would be considered minor gods uh, for the for the sake of just simplicity. Uh, there are some gods in the pantheon that were mortal not that long ago, um, because oh, yeah. there is okay, a uh, Katie, Katie alien. I, I like to think mm-hmm. of that guy. Yeah, uh, which uh, I think uh, uh, vibe with that guy. Yeah, definitely, he would vibe so hard with him. Which, just for uh, a <laughs> long story short, is a guy. Who got so drunk and was a high enough and level adventurer that he wandered into a temple uh, and then beat the temple and did the trial of the gods. And at the end of it, 
which he has no idea how he did it because he was just blocked out, drunk. He's like, I'm a god now? Yeah, yes. you beat the temple. You did everything we asked you, and you succeeded. Oh, my. What are my powers? I don't know. You're a god. You tell us. Parting and beer. Let's go. <laughs> We're going to throw the biggest fucking rager right now. <laughs> Pretty much. So, uh, uh, I mean, wisely enough, the gods are like, let's take this book out of the material plane, burn it forever. Taylor said, shit. No, 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 Bye. <laughs> uh, Can't bye. have people accidentally becoming gods. <laughs> exactly. Can't, can't, can't do that. That does seem like a very orc death thing to happen, though. <laughs> it would be. Wanders in, completely pissed, drunk, beats all, beats all the temple things. Oh, you're a god now. Okay, cracks open beer. All right. And what's your point? <laughs> you mean I wasn't already? <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, it's it's that time, y'all. Um, want to thank everyone for sticking here and uh, and chatting with us in chat. Chatting with us in chat. There we go. Redundancy. Chatting with us in chat. Shatterton. Uh, and uh, and um, uh, for for all you guys to uh, for being part of it, uh, I I love talking to you guys about things here and there. And this podcast is literally just an excuse for me to talk to you guys so more. Um, we're so lonely. I'm so lonely. Don't ever get to see my friends. We only mm. play D and D like three times a week. It's fine. <laughs> only three times a week. God, sometimes it's a little exhausting, but um. <laughs> All right, thank you guys so much for for sticking tune. Thank you guys uh, so much for listening in. I absolutely love you all, you guys in chat. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, yes. So yeah, we'll uh, edit this, put it on Divine and Conquerors YouTube, uh, and it'll be probably on Spotify by tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. So we'll see you next time. Adios. Yeah. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye.